It's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Travis Barnes. And I'm Cindy Barnes. And this is the Overcomers Podcast, sponsored by Journey 333. The threes are all about helping you to look better, live better, feel better. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. But most importantly, it's mind, body, spirit. And today, with the Overcomers Podcast, we're going to help you get your mind right, because I actually have on here one of my coaches. That's right, Rick Clements. He is a author. He is a presenter. He is a podcaster himself. Uh, very motivational. Can't wait to, uh, till he tells you all about his podcast and the passion that he has behind it, his reason for it, because that is a true story of overcoming. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I don't know what you're talking about. All that stuff is not true whatsoever. I, I don't know. I just kind of walked into your studio and said, Hey, you got something you want to talk about? I'm like, I guess. So no, I'm kidding everybody. I'm so excited to be here. But um, yeah, this has been on my radar now for a couple of months. And I'm so proud to be connected to you and um, just being able to have this conversation with both of you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Cindy, yeah. go ahead. So um well, yeah, off. I came here to talk to Cindy because I already know you. I need to get to know her. So. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, yeah. Um, first off, as Travis said, yes, Rick is his coach. Uh, Rick, thank you so much. Travis has been super inspired uh, by all the learning he's been getting from you. Um, he is fired up every time he has a call with you. So thank you so much for helping him um, yeah. better himself and um, in, in the speaking industry. Um, so yes, motivational speaker, he's a life coach, um, and you have your own podcast. So Rick, tell us a little bit about your podcast and, and how it began. So my mama gave birth to me and right there on the birthing table, I said, I'm going to have a podcast. I wish it was actually that easy. Um, it actually fell in my lap as much as that sounds like, oh, here's one of those stories, but it literally did. A friend of mine was a podcaster or let's <clears throat> kind of roll back she had her own internet radio show and she went on maternity leave so she put the show on hiatus and we happened to be talking about stuff and she goes you know you should really do a show and I'm like no that's not my thing I'm a coach I just want to coach and I was pretty new into my coaching career at that point and she goes, well, maybe we should do something together. I'm like, okay, well, what would be the angle? And, you know, we started talking a little bit about it. And she's like, I just, you know, I don't want to do this by myself anymore. When I come back from maternity leave, I want to, you know, either get rid of the show or do it with you. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so we talked about it quite a bit. And the angle was I came out of the closet late in life, overcame my fears of being a gay man and finally said, here's where I am. And she was the Catholic girl who'd gotten divorced and all this sort of stuff, remarried. So we're like, oh, we could be the Catholic girl and the gay guy show sort of thing. And we, we started playing with that. And she came to me a couple of weeks after we'd kind of landed on that. We'd already started talking about, you know, what's the artwork going to be? She said, I don't want to do this. And of course, I'm like, did I do something to offend you? And she's like, I just don't want to do it. She goes, what if I sold you the rest of the show? And you did something and divine intervention kind of said, 
Rick, <laughs> knocking me on my bald head, you should do this. And that's how it started. I jumped in within two weeks after that, we had completely re-engineered the show, new artwork, everything. And it, at the time it was called the Coming Out Lounge. Now it's called Life Uncloseted. And we are 460 some, I think I just recorded 462 yesterday. So that's awesome. That's, that's where awesome. we got. And has it been, you know, rainbows and unicorns? Hell no. Um, it's been a struggle at times. And I've learned a lot along the way. I love the conversations I get to have because it's really about telling people's coming out stories from all walks of life. Uh, Travis has been on mine and it's just a, it's an open forum to like, let's create the conversation that everybody has closets. Yeah. Everybody's coming out of something. And I think that for most of us in this world, all of us just want to live our life without apologies. So that's kind of the premise of the show. I love it. I love it. You know, uh, Rick, you do a lot of presenting on that and, you know, of course, coaching on that. And yep. when I was on your show, I really found it to be true because we talked about how difficult it was for me to share about my incarceration. I was always worried about being judged or just losing friends. And, and yep. if we could, you know, you mentioned that you came out of the closet late in life. Yep. You know, Let's just talk a little bit about that. I mean, because I don't want to just gloss over. That's a really big deal. And it's now you speak to corporations about, you know, what closets are they in? Not necessarily just, you know, obviously, you know, there's this one closet that everybody knows I'm coming out or whatever. You know, that's a whole different story. But everybody's got these different closets and these things that they're hiding for fear of being judged or uh, just, you know, afraid to live their authentic self. And uh, what was it like for you to make that decision? Uh, I'm sure that, it, you know, you said it hasn't all been rainbows and unicorns. Mm -hmm. huh? It was, it was pretty difficult. I had actually come out of the closet to my parents when I was 19 and in college and I was seventh day Adventist. So pretty religious, pretty tough religious background. I shouldn't say tough, just very fundamental Christian background, all that sort of stuff. And they said, that's nice, but no, that's not who you are. Now I did not go through any, you know, reparative therapy or anything like that. I did go speak to the pastor and um, spent some time with him, but it really didn't work because he was really, really good looking. So I'm like, he's just really hot. You know, this isn't working mom and dad. Sorry. Um, you sent me to the wrong guy. You should have sent me to the old guy who was ugly. I'm like, eh, that isn't working for me. But um, I willingly and kind of unconsciously went back in the closet and it never went away. I mean, it was always there. This was in the early 80s. Uh, and um, I give thanks that I didn't come out, honestly, because I was very naive and very young, um, even though I was 19, 20. The thing that was happening, obviously, was the AIDS epidemic was just beginning to hit. And I know if I had come out, I probably wouldn't be having this conversation with you guys today because I was too naive. And I probably would have done some very reckless stuff and like, screw you, this is my life. So roll that clock forward to 36 years old. <clears throat> I knew who I was, loved my wife very much, had two beautiful little girls. But I was to the point where I wouldn't say I was suicidal, but I definitely wasn't wanting to like be in life. You know, I was obese um, wasn't an alcoholic, but I definitely enjoyed my cocktails and I knew I was on a destructive path. 
And the only thing that was going to get me out of that destructive path was to say, this is who I am. And that was the first overcomer moment really for me where I'm like, I'm risking everything. <clears throat> it's all going to go if I do this, which was so much <laughs> that you're in your head in the wrong way sort of stuff, because so much of the thoughts that I had, none of it came true. None of it. I mean, there were bits of it that did, but my kids love me. They're now 22 and 26. They're an active part of my life. They've grown up with me and my husband. My husband came into my world when my youngest one was 18 months old and my oldest was almost six. And he's been part of our family unit. We're gonna be celebrating 20 years um, in September of 2021. And um, everything that I thought that was going to explode and ruin my world and everything, honestly, 95% of it never happened. Wow. And now I use that as my basis for the no fears, no excuses, no apologies brand that I've created. I use a lot of the coming out process and the parallels to talk about this is what everybody goes through, whether you're a corporation trying to build your following or grow products or, you know, launch new products, you're coming out of the closet about something new, or you're an individual who's literally coming out of the closet about your sexuality. And I feel very blessed that the big guy upstairs helped me see this and has given me the talent and the initiative and motivation to take this message out into the world. That is awesome. That is awesome. And, you know, something I want to highlight, I just want to kind of go back with a little highlighter and highlight a part that you connected. And I'm not sure if everybody that was listening connected it, but you mentioned about being obese at a time and you mentioned that you were drinking too much and you recognized that it really had to do with the inner turmoil that you were feeling. I've, yeah. I've been a coach enough to realize that quite often, you know, any sort of addictions or, or you know, they're just symptoms. They're just yeah. symptoms super rooted problem, right? You know, so when we see people come into the gym and they want to get healthy, they have to have a healthy relationship with themselves first to yeah. succeed. Yeah. So really, really, really good stuff. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that. And what does this no excuses, no apologies, uh, you know, what does this brand mean to you? Like what, how do you want people to live? How do you want to encourage people to live? I, I mean, if you could just kind of define that a little bit more. It, it really came from me trying to actually trying to run away from my work. It's so ironic that all for all these years. So I, I got certified as a coach in 2009. I had gotten laid off from my last quote unquote paying job in 2006. And I was marketing, branding, technology, hospitality guy high up in the world. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just run a consulting company. Right. And as I continued to do my consulting, I'm like, I don't. I'm not enjoying this. This isn't what I want to be doing. And ironically, because I was, you know, quite a few years down the road at that point, almost 10 years into my own coming out journey, I was starting to run into other individuals, men and women who are like going through the same process. I'm like, well, how did you do it? And what would you recommend? And I had always had an affinity towards coaching and I really wanted to do it, wanted to do it, wanted to do it. But like most of us, every time the opportunity would come up to like, okay, I'm just going to go become a coach. I could come up with every excuse in the world why that couldn't happen. <clears throat> Simultaneously, excuses leads to fears. They fuel those flames of fear. And so it's you know, like, well, I can't do it because of this, because what if I don't have enough money or then I won't have like health benefits or there's no guarantee and yada, yada, yada. So the fear started to really super grow, right? 
But then what I would find myself doing is I'd get through that little phase and that little jump. And then I'm like, okay, well now I'm doing this, but God, I just hate doing what I'm doing. And I'm like apologizing to myself and sometimes to the world for like, Hey, I just don't like where I'm at. I don't like what I'm being. I don't like how I'm showing up. And I literally in the midst of working through some branding with my branding coach at the time, we landed on this, no excuses, no fears, no apologies, because I knew there was a bigger message for the world than just Rick's this coming out guy he helps men in midlife come out of the closet. And we were like, okay, but what's the bigger message? And she said on a call, she goes, okay, we're going to throw out everything. I'm like, what do you mean we're going to throw out everything? We've been working on this for six months. She goes, no, 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 just, just for the day. She goes, I feel like we're really close. We're about there. She said, at the end of the day, and I hate saying that phrase, but it really worked that time. <clears throat> at the end of the day, what do you want people to do? And I got really quiet. And I said, I want them to quit apologizing for who they are. Mm. She goes, great. So what makes them apologize? So, well, they're constantly making excuses for the stuff they say they're going to do, but they never get it done. And I said, I'm proof positive. I held every excuse in the world why I couldn't come out of the closet or I couldn't go build my own business. And I'd bitch about the other businesses I was working for and all the stuff they were doing wrong. But I always would make the excuse, I, I'm going to lose my income. I'm going to lose my benefits, blah, 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 blah. She's like, okay, cool. But what's the thing that holds them back? And I kind of got quiet. I'm like, well, I just said, it's the excuses. I said, honestly, it's their fears. It's not the fears that other people are throwing at them. It can be, it can be the fears that they get thrown at and then they buy into them. But it's like these fears that we as humans create. I said, we are the greatest fear makers in the world. Because nothing's a fear until it actually happens. And even once you confront that fear, you've confronted it, now it's gone. So we can create all these fears in our head, but they're not even real until they're real. And even once they are real, if the house is on fire, the fear is real. But then if you can get out of the house, you've overcome it. And that's not diminishing people who don't survive fire. But I like to use that analogy because we create these fears. And as long as we buy into them, we will always have the excuses and the apologies for why we aren't where we are. She's like, wow. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, so what do you want to do with that? She said, so really, Rick, what you teach people to do is dump their excuses, face their fears, and live their unapologetic life. And that was the moment we landed on this brand. Because it takes all of my coming out stuff and it puts it into a nice wrapper where I can actually talk to an organization about, okay, what are your fears and excuses and the apologies you're making for not getting that product out the door? What are your fears and your excuses and the apologies you keep making because your team doesn't know how to work collaboratively? What are your fears, your excuses, and the apologies you're going to make for maybe bringing part of your team back part-time from COVID and part of them are going to be able to work from home or switching gears? I can overlay this concept pretty much into any of life situations. And not because I'm some magic wizard, but it, it, it just speaks to me. And that is why I'm so passionate about it. I believe that every situation we get thrown in life can be overcome when you dump your excuses, face your fears, and ask yourself, how can I unapologetically do this thing or get past this thing I'm trying to do and never apologize for not doing it?
That is so good. That is so good. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, 90% of the things we worry about never happen anyway, right? So I think that's a, a true statistic that's been looked at many times. You know, we spend all this time thinking and worrying and being afraid and, and 90% of it never happens. So why do we waste time on those types of things? Now, I want to kind of tie two things together. And that is the fear that you're talking about that people have and the guilt. I also like how earlier you said that the big man upstairs pointed you in the right direction, right? And uh, so if I have some listeners that are, uh, you know, super religious, and I do say religious versus spiritual, uh, they won't like this. So, but I, I like, I'd like you to share it on our podcast. So Rick, you're not going to hell because you're gay, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> according to my conversations with the big guy gal upstairs, no. no. Right. You know, I, and that I, was a big moment for me. I, and, and I feel like this is a very, this is part of my story that's very much worth sharing. I was literally living in Laguna Beach, California, right across from the beach. <clears throat> and I was at one of the lowest points after coming out. My kids had gone home with the ex-wife at that point. I wasn't dating anybody. I'd gotten to the point where I had lost a ton of weight. I, I went from like 280 pounds to 180. Um, I was cycling. I was doing all this stuff. I was in great shape. I felt pretty good about myself, but I was letting that, okay, why did I come out? I don't have a guy. I can't seem to do this right. Work was kind of, a, kind of up and down. I was actually, a, I was just about to get laid off. I knew that much. <clears throat> and so one night in a drunken stupor I went down to the beach and I literally knelt down at the edge of the water and I screamed at God if I'm really not supposed to be this take me take me now the next morning I woke up on the beach mm. with the water like over me I wasn't drowning, but there was enough water coming up over me. And I thought, okay, I'm still here. So there's my answer. And I've never turned back from that. Never powerful, turned back. Powerful moment. Um, and the reason I wanted to ask you about that is because when we think about what people feel guilty about, when we think about their fears, I, and I think this goes to ego, right? We spend a lot of our life thinking that we are what other people think. And so we're taught that there's certain standards. We're taught these standards by our family's values. We're taught these standards by our church's values. And of course, it keeps us uh, quite often from living our authentic self because we're trying to live what other people say that we should be. So how much of what you do when you're coaching men to come out of their closet or coaching people to come out of their closets and live their authentic life, how much of what you do has to do with almost like undoing that that wiring you know that uh programming that's been put into us to just be a certain way live a certain way and it may not have anything to do with who we really are it's it's probably almost 100 percent of the work because it's about re-engineering your values and your beliefs it's it's taking and chipping away and that's not say throw everything out it's like putting those values and beliefs in the petri dish your Petri dish, not society's, not your parents, not your friends, not your spouse's, your Petri dish and saying, 
what's important to me? What do I believe? If I never had heard anything, what would I do? How would I show up? And again, this isn't about saying screw everybody else's ideas. This is about realizing all of us, A, have the power of choosing. All of us have the ability to create what we want to create. And all of us have the opportunity to show up in the world the way we want to show up. I think too often we don't realize that. Now, that doesn't mean if you want to show up and you want to kill people, obviously there's other things you got to think through. But how does my life as a gay man living in my world, doing my thing, actually affect you? No different than how do you, Travis and Cindy, as heterosexual individuals, affect me. I'm not going to bed at night going, oh, gosh, are they really sleeping together? Are they really <laughs> like, are they doing these things? Are they really going to procreate? You know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not thinking about this stuff. No more than I'm like, okay, well, that entrepreneur, oh, gosh, I wish he wouldn't do that. Doesn't he realize that he's going to fail? Or that person who's like struggling with getting the weight off. Well, if they would just stop eating, it's really easy. I'm not sitting there doing that. Anybody who's obsessed with everybody else's stuff, hate to say it, you need to go take a look at yourself. Sure. You need to focus on your own excuses, your own fears, and your own apologies that you may be projecting out onto other people that makes you feel good. Because honestly, when you're doing that, that's what you're doing. You're avoiding dealing with your own stuff. I saw a quote not long ago. It really spoke to me. It says that criticizing others does not define them. It defines us. Right. Yep. You know, and really pointing, it's really pointing back to us. Like, you know, what's going on with you that that's how you have to live in such judgment and criticism of yep. other people. One uh, of my so, favorite phrases to use with clients is, so let's just hypothetically, you know, say somebody's like, but you know, they, I just hear from everybody in my world that I'm going to go to hell and, you know, God doesn't love me. And, you know, how can I choose this? Well, but here's what you need to remember. What somebody says about that, what somebody says is all about them and what you hear is all about you. So if somebody's constantly lobbying out, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to, there's some piece of them that is so afraid <laughs> that they're going to go to hell, but they don't want to contend with that. So let's, let's divert. Let's throw this out to somebody else. Right. Right. And it's such an interesting concept. And I I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I struggle with it all the time because I can get caught up in stuff like anybody else. But when I come back to that phrase, what somebody says is all about them. What you hear is all about you. That's the moment I can go, do I really want to hear that? Do I want to make it my truth? Do I want to own that? Right. So good. So good. So, you know, this kind of reminds me of our company in a sense, because when we first started, you know, we're journey fitness and we got all this fire and flames and things like that. So we came up with our core values and we said, you know, our core values will be heat, you know, honesty, excellence, attitude and team. It was almost more important what it spelled because we had fire and then we had heat. than it really was to truly examine those values. Right. And then as we grew, we still have heat because we still believe in honesty, excellence, attitude, and team. But we, we took a few people in the organization that we really, truly valued. And we said, hey, if we were to go for global domination, we had to clone some people on the team, you know, who would we clone? 
And what do we value about them? Because clearly what we value about them and what we've hired and kept with us is more of what we value than this original thing before we really were even a company. And so the reason I share that right now is to say that part of what you do is help people to understand their values. And you know, you recognize, hey, you're not saying that you value going out and harming people or harming yourself, you know, so you have a little bit of a litmus test there, but you're saying there are some values that have been told to you that this is what you should value. You know, these are the things you shouldn't do. These are the things you should do. And you should feel guilty if you contradict that. However, what you really have to challenge people to do is dig deep within yourself and say, what are your values? Yeah. Like we know what our values are now and they're written on our wall. You know, we go all in, we're never giving up, you know, those kind of things. But uh, I just, that's what I'm hearing from you. Do you feel like it's kind of uh, a mission to really help people know what their true core values are as well? You know, to answer that, I'd love, I'd love to just, and I know Travis, if I ask this question, you'll go off. So I'm going to ask you both, like, answer it with one word. <clears throat> what do you value? One word. What do you value? Can you go first? Okay. Can you go first? I say love. Okay. <clears throat> I say love because I believe that the source that we're talking about here, the one that pointed you in the right direction the one that won't reject you for being the unique creation that he created you to be is love. Uh, cool. Or she, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my first thought was honesty. Um, I, that would be my, my one word. I, um, I, I live by that. I try to be uh, very honest. Um, I love it when people are honest with me. Um, and I like to, to be who I am around everybody, you know, so I don't know, honesty, that's my word. Cool. So the reason I do that is because if we were actually in a coaching session, then I might say, and if you're honest with people around you, then what? Or if love is what drives you, then what? Because here's what I'm going for. The more you can be dialed into your values, the more you will never falter from them. The more you will never let when somebody says, well, Travis says he's all about love, but man, he just blew up at somebody in the gym. Maybe he blew up at somebody in the gym because he loves them enough to say, I need you to do this. Mm -hmm. If you're saying honesty is what you're all about, then when that, that, that little test comes, you're going to stand there, you're going to be in their arena, and you're going to be honest to a hilt. Because once we can examine our values and hold on to them, literally hold on to them, and this isn't like a one and done. In fact, in one of my talks, the three core pieces of the talk are permission granted, reevaluating your values and beliefs, and choosing to do things your way. You cannot live an unapologetic life if you do one and done values. You will never, you will never get there. You have to constantly put in those values and beliefs under the microscope going, do I really believe this? Is this still where I stand? And if it is great, then keep doing what you're doing. But as we look at love and honesty, both of you did something that I kind of expected what would happen was you gave me more than just, here's the word. Now, I, what I could have done, I said, I just said one word, but you did the beautiful thing of explaining why this was important to you, explaining how it shows up in your life. It's a very interesting exercise when I do it with a client if they say, okay, the one word, and they give me the word and nothing else, because that's my cue to, so if that's so important to you, 
tell me more. What's the why behind it? And if they struggle, I know that what they're doing is they're giving me a lip service value. This is what I should say. This is what I believe I'm supposed to say. And that's actually how we start the work. If somebody tells me that they really want to be more honest in their life and they're literally coming out of the closet around their sexuality, I will say, so how would honesty and coming out be for you if you actually made that happen? Wow. Yeah, that if is I so... Get the silence, if I get the silence, I know this is exactly where we're going to start the work. Yeah. That is so perfect. That is so perfect. That is a, a great exercise for all of us to do. Think about that for a second. If you just were asked, you know, what is that thing that you value most? You know, what's the one word? And then how would it show up in your life? And just to measure... Whether you're not, measure your life and say, is it working for me? Am I living that loving life or that honest life that I want to live? I could see how corporations. And it's okay to move off of it. You know, love and honesty may be something that's really important to you now, but then suddenly, you know, you may say, I've got to be in integrity or I've got to be, you know, I have a client right now who his, his biggest thing is adventure. He's like, I just want adventure. He is the most rigid person in the world. I'm like, you're not going to get there, boy. If you want adventure, you can't be rigid. Now, can I use his, can I use his rigidity to help him get there? Of course. But it's so interesting when you say, this is what it's important to me. But then you I kind of go, girl, really? It's not showing up in your world. So the moment we can let our values truly show up in our world, and I've experienced this myself over and over again, if I don't really truly stand in, and so the reason those three are part of that talk, because those are three of my values, I always want to be giving myself permission. I always want to be reevaluating my values and beliefs. I always want to choose to do things my way yeah. because I live too long, not giving myself permission, believing by other people's values and beliefs and not choosing to do things my way. Yeah. And those are things I- that I live by. I was going to say, I can see how that exercise, uh, it's not just for helping a gay man come out of the closet. This is helping a corporate go in the right direction. It's, yeah. it's helping anybody with their life go in the right direction. So, so please, to the listeners, don't miss this. This is a great exercise. Well, Rick, you know, we're getting towards that time. So is there any final words of wisdom? I want to I always like to, you know, we've talked about a lot today. We've covered a lot of ground, and I thank you for being vulnerable. I thank you for sharing, you know, your mission, your vision, what your brand is all about. Uh, a couple of great exercises there for us to all do. Uh, let me ask you, uh, any other words of advice uh, or just things that you'd like our listeners to glean from you? Because the world is going to be different because you were here and positively different. So uh, I'm so glad you just said what you just said. The world is going to be different because you are here. And it really ties into this quote that I use numerous times, but mostly at the end of my talks. The truth of who you are is far more powerful than the false truth you're pretending to be. So go out and show the world who you are. Wow. Could you just say that one more time? You gave me chills. The truth of who you are is far more powerful than the false truth you're pretending to be. So go show the world who you are whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're going to go lose weight, whether you're going to commit to building a business, just remember the truth behind building that business, that truth about losing that weight, that truth about coming out of the closet. It is so much more powerful 
than what you're pretending to be right now. And the world wants to see who you are so you can have that impact you're meant to have on the world. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. You and I both got so excited. You know what we just, I just reminded myself, I was just thinking we were kind of like that. You remember the movie Lion King where they're like, Oh, we'll say it again. Mufasa. Remember like, they're like, Oh, we'll do it again. You know, it's like, well, I don't know why. That's just like what came over my mind, but uh, that was awesome. And the whole show is awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Well, People want to follow you if they want to engage with you, if they want to hire you as a speaker, hire you as a coach, you know, where do they go? What do they do? Have their people get a hold of my people. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, it's, it's easy. Rick Clemens, C-L-E-M-O-N-S.com is my website. You'll see the Life Uncloseted podcast there. You'll see the 40 plus gay men, gay talk podcast, my coaching programs, my speaking stuff. Um, yes, I'm a little bit like all over. I do a lot of stuff, but that's what makes my world help me show the truth of who I am and be who I want to be in the world. So, and thank you both for having me. Um, this has been a really special, special pleasure for me. And um, I, you know, I love you, man, Travis. And I, I, now I got to know you as well. And I don't want Travis no more. It's like, no, no, her and I will go hang out. So, uh, but uh, thanks for, ha thanks for having what you have too and putting it out there in the world. This is amazing. And I just wish you both continued success with it. Well, thank, thank you. you. And thank you. You are a true overcomer. So thank you for, for the sure. honor of uh, coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so hey, much. Thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.